This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Boy, do we have an amazing episode today with Tom Canfield. But before you guys tune into that amazing conversation, I want you to remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you guys can get notified when we have new podcasts and to sign up for my free ebook called traderdiscipline.com. That's the name of the website where you can get the ebook for free. It's actually discipline and finding your edge. But if you go to traderdiscipline.com, it'll Take your email and then give you a free ebook. Enjoy this conversation with the legendary Tom Canfield. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. My name is Kim Ann Curtin. I'm the host, and I'm very excited today have, to have a legend, Tom Canfield. I've been hoping to get Tom on my podcast for over a year, so I'm very excited that I was persistent and never gave up. Uh, welcome, Tom, to my podcast. Thank you very much, Kim. Uh, it's good to be here. I think legend's a little bit of a strong word. Um, just like everybody else, I sit here in my pajamas and try and figure out a way to make a living. So, uh, legend. <laughs> yeah, you are persistent. You're persistent as hell, and I appreciate that. That because uh, okay, I'm forgetful, and so you kept saying, "Hey, hey." Hey. Finally, we figured out a time in our schedule to get together. So I'm excited to be here. We did. I'm excited to have you. I want to give you guys a little background on Tom in case you're living under a rock and don't know who he is. Uh, Tom, also known as Canny4 on Twitter, he has an undergraduate degree in mathematics and an MBA from Vanderbilt. Uh, and after working on Wall Street initially, he actually switched gears and started a chain of restaurants. But after a few years in the restaurant industry, he began to trade in 1997 because he really wanted more time with his family, which is why I think a lot of traders start uh, trading. But as he wound down the restaurant business, he built up his trading skills and became a full-time trader by 1999. For him, trading is an expression of his love for his family that allows him to be actively involved with his children's lives and really enjoy life on his own terms. He credits his wife, Mrs. Canny, also known as Weezy, as being foundational to his success by wearing many hats, best friend, therapist, anchor manager, guru and the most patient loving woman alive what a way to give a shout out to the woman behind the man and now tom has expanded into the trading education space with his newsletter video service called be dumb follow price.com the best name ever where members will get a weekly brain dump market videos and a private live feed and also q a with him uh thank you for being here on my podcast you're welcome this will be fun it will be so so what do you what, got for me what i got for you is i wanted you here so badly because i feel you're one of the few traders that really talks about the importance of mindset obviously that matters to me that's what my whole business is built on i don't think people prioritize it enough i'm just curious straight out of the gate did you always know mindset was going to be important as a trader or did you discover that along the way no, I, I discovered it along the way um, because I figured out how to trade like pretty early. Um, and then I watched myself be a complete fucking idiot 
for lack of a better term. I mean, it's like just watch all of a sudden. It's like trading shows you all of your all of your demons, all of your idiosyncrasies, all of your fears, all of your anxieties, all of your different quiet ego feeds that that just come alive and they stare you right in the face. And it's like learning how to trade and looking at it from an objective standpoint, honestly, it's pretty damn easy. But actually executing it and and trusting yourself and trusting what you've created and having belief in yourself and not getting angry when things go against you and all that stuff is so fucking hard. Yeah. And, and, and nobody talks about it. It's like, okay, if we all know how to read a chart, why is it that 90 to 95% of the people that are, that, are, that are endeavoring to do this fail? Yeah. It's because we're all mental midgets. I mean, it's just that simple. We're mental, emotional midgets. And, you know, I, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very passionate about the stuff that I believe in. Um, and I have had, you know, I'm not this cool, calm demeanor dude, just kind of, you know, very analytical. I'm not, I mean, I'm good. I'm a good math. I got a good math mind, but you know, I'm a, you know, I'm an emotional human. I'm very sensitive. I'm very competitive, like to a fault. I have intense drives that I've got to figure out how to throttle back and all this. And like, I, you know, when I trade sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't want to make money. I want to fucking bury people because it's that, it's that thing that's in me. And it's like, Ooh, that's, that's, that's an ugly animal. That's an ugly animal. That's not necessarily producing very good results either. You know, and it's, it's, and it's like, cause all of a sudden you take a setup and you make more out of it than it actually is because of other things going on inside your head. Yeah. Other things going on inside your life. And we'll get into my, I mean, I know a couple of people want to want to hear about my massive loss in early 2018 and it had nothing to do with trading and everything to do what was going on with me outside of my work. It had to do with what was going on inside my family. Yeah. And I was hurt and I was wounded and I was asking the market to make me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And we all do that shit and nobody talks about it. And it's like, that's the crux of trading. That's, that's everything. So how you control this animal or these animals, I call them the village of idiots that live inside your head. And there's a lot of them. It's not just one. You got the FOMO idiot. You got the competitive idiot. You got the, the, the anger management idiot. You've got, you, I mean, they're, they're all over the place and they show up in all different forms. Yeah. And I, I, I'm back when I was doing market rants with, uh, with, with Joe Fami, I talked about how you got, you got, you have to learn how to take all these things that are in you and set them up on the table and, and meet them and greet them and accept them because they're part of you. You can't, you you can't just go i'm just i'm just i'm just going to deny that like like when i hear people say you just need to have you know discipline and emotional control i just want to go oh, fuck off like nobody has emotional control and discipline so given that we don't have flawless emotional control and discipline what do we do about that how, how do we then become profitable once we accept that we can't do here are the five steps. That's what, when I first got on Twitter, it used to be like, here are the five steps to being a successful trader. And I'm like, that's worthless. It's utterly worthless because everybody reads it. It's the same information. We've all got that information. We all got the five bullet points and yet nobody can make any money. Why? 
Exactly. There's one yeah. of my one of my favorite tweets of yours is actually from a year ago. And you tweeted in response to somebody who's asked how they could be consistently profitable in six months. And this is what you I said. Died. What did I say? This is what you said in response. Laughing my ass off six months, reading a chart six months, understanding what the F that chart means three years, realizing how effed up you are emotionally about money and otherwise another three more years, managing those emotions to be consistently profitable the rest of your effing life <laughs> it's brilliant yeah it is it's, it's true <laughs> i'm 56 i've been doing this for 25 years i still do the same stupid things and still have the same stupid triggers that i did when i was 30 years old and and, and cutting my teeth in this thing yeah. Yeah. it's just that i've kind of learned over time, you build confidence in your ability. You identify you're more self-aware and you identify quicker when all of a sudden you're kind of tilting. Yep. And I don't let it affect me as much. Yep. I may, you know, have, you know, whatever it is, kind of revenge trade or, or, or whatever, whatever's going on. Because some days you come to the market, and you, just, you, you being wrong is not OK. Mm -hmm. Why? It has nothing to do with trading. It has to do with some, you got in a fight with your wife. You, you know, one of your kids made you feel like shit. You, you know, your dog, you know, took a crap in your own. I don't know what it is, yep. Yep. but you bring something in to that trading day and you're like, I need to be right today. Yeah. I need affirmation. I need my job to make me feel better about me, to make me feel like everything is okay. Yeah. If you don't think you do that, you're lying to yourself because yeah. there are days. And, in, and and I'm better now at identifying those days and either staying away from the market mm -hmm. or trading smaller. Or if I don't and I get my ass handed to me, I'm getting better mm -hmm. at forgiving myself and saying, OK, number one, I know I'm really good. Yeah, exactly. So I got to step away, clear my head, come back, do what I do. and that will come back to me over time. So losses are just, I, I try to frame losses in time as opposed to money. Yeah. Well, you talk a lot about the importance of recovery. So that. It's it. Yeah. To talk, but it's talk, a dangerous mindset. Yeah. So um, talk about that. I've learned. How do, you, how do you find that balance? Um, it's almost like that's part of my personal self-sabotage mechanism. I think it's like, I like being the underdog. I like the mindset of coming back. It's I, I, I go back in my history and I, I have a pattern of a lot of that. And a lot of the recognition that I got when I was younger had to do with me being tough and pulling myself up by my bootstraps and all that shit that parents love to, you know, add a boy way to way to respond to difficulty and whatever. And you get the add a boys and all that. And I kind of realized, Oh, that's, that works. Yeah. And I think at a subconscious level, a lot of times it's like, oh, I need to put myself in a hole here so that I can dig out because that's what I'm good at. And so over the past several years, I've tried to transition out of that kind of a mindset. Yeah. I'm like, when do I get to just soar? Yeah. And I need to start pursuing a path of, 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 of soaring instead of this path of, of destruction. It's, it's like, I, and this is embarrassing to say, but I'm like, I, I'm the guy that'll 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 have a great year because I'll make three hundred thousand or four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollars. But it's really I'm 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 losing two million and making two point three. 
and that's if you really look at it, I think that's a lot of traders. And it's like, but like I'm scratching and I'm clawing and I'm fighting, but I'm just constantly getting my ass kicked and digging back and whatever. And it's like, I'm winning just a little bit more than I'm losing. Can I figure out how to manage myself better so that I I don't need to win more? Has nothing to do with winning more. I make plenty of money on the winning side. It's like, can you clean up the fucking losses? Can you, can you clean up some of that sloppy shit? Even if it's just 10 or 15%, your P and L will soar. Totally. And, and that's all has to do with what's going on inside you because your biggest losses have absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the market, has nothing to do with the system that you're trading, and it has everything to do with you and your emotional makeup and your mindset. So everything you're saying, Tom, like, first of all, thank you, because the raw, brutal honesty of it is so infrequently spoken about. So thank you for that guts, the guts you have that you always speak like this. What is it that allows you to speak this forthrightly and honestly and vulnerably? Because um, it's the only way it helps people. It's like I'm a coach at heart. I was a hockey coach for 15 years. I you know, coached high school. I ran a high school program. It's like, and you got to meet people where they're at and, 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 I think the trading community does such a poor, there are so many people out there that are actually really good traders and they don't know it mm. because the trading community makes you feel like if you don't have shit figured out and you're not crushing it, there's something wrong with you. Because wow. look at me, look how I'm crushing it. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like it took me three years to get to be profitable. And then it's been a grind, you know, of, of that kind of an experience is I'm barely winning more than I'm losing kind of a fight every single year for the last 20 years. And so, and that's reality. If you ask anybody who's been in the business for a long time, that is reality. And nobody preaches that. And so there's a lot of people that are, that have been trading for three months or six months or nine months or a year, and they haven't gotten profitable yet. And they think that there, there's something wrong with them. And it's like, you're just normal. And and the struggles that you're feeling now, you're always going to feel. Yeah. I feel them. And so I feel like it, it, it does traders a disservice by not being brutally honest. Listen, this is a hard fucking job. This is a super hard job. And you have, as an as a individual retail trader, we have a huge disadvantage because we don't have the information flow. We don't have the buying power. We don't have anything that the big boys have. So... We're at a tremendous disadvantage and it is incredibly hard. And I, I honor and I respect everybody who endeavors to try and do this because I know what it takes yeah. and it's, it's, and it's okay if you can't do it. Like yeah. I get it. And I've had moments where I'm just like, I don't know if I can keep doing this, uh, you know, and whatever, especially early on in that, in that, in that early time. And um, so I, I guess I, First of all, I'm comfortable, I guess, enough in my own skin. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit if you think I suck, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or if you think I'm full of crap or you think I'm a pussy because I'm talking about some big losses I've got or whatever. Excuse the term. Fine. Um, uh, it, it, it's yeah. the soft side is the stuff that people aren't really willing to talk about, but it's the side that is silently crushing so many people because nobody will speak to their pain. Yeah, because a lot of times you just want to know, okay, I'm not, 
I'm not fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And not alone. And that's, that's what, that was the response I started. I realized really quickly on Twitter. Okay. There are plenty of people out there that are, that, that are posting charts. I'm not going to post anything that's any more genius than anybody else. I'm not going to get into that pissing match. Who's got the better trade idea? Because what I'm realizing is soon every time that I talk a little bit about the struggle of this game or the pain of this game or my own failings in this game, my following grows, the feedback, I get private messages. I mean, it was like people are just like, it's like people are starving to know that their struggles aren't unique to them. Yeah, totally, totally. That they're normal and it's okay. Exactly. And then it's a question of, okay, so we have these struggles. They are real. Everybody else has them. How do we process them? How do we deal with them? How do we overcome them? Use, the, use some of it to our advantage and figure out ways to quiet some of the other stuff so that we can turn that corner. Yeah. And I just nobody that does that. And it's sad. It is sad. It is. And it's, I guess it's because it's they're either they're, they're too scared to look silly or, or they don't, I, I don't know what it is, but I just realized that, and, and it's, and it's, I'm comfortable doing it. I don't, I don't mind putting myself out there. It's, it's such I, a service. I, it's such a service. Uh, I think not only to people's emotional well being but to their ability to go the distance as a trader. So I, I just want to acknowledge you. I saw you early on and I was like, this man is really giving people true encouragement by being as honest as he is. And that to me is just, it's just not done often enough, but I, because people don't going, know what they're signing up for. I, I, people get suckered into this, into this game thinking that it's going to come easy and they're going to be, you know, before they know it, they're going to be making a hundred grand a year off of a $20,000 account and, you know, just follow this or follow that. And it's like, God, it's just, yeah, no, that's such bad information. And I, I want people who are getting into this game to understand, Hey, this is no different than trying to be a professional athlete or whatever. You, you, you mean, it's going to take, it's going to take that level of, of, of effort and commitment and time. And in time, all of a sudden things will turn around and you'll be able to adapt and adjust and, and, and respond to different kinds of markets and, we just went through a situation where we had a few years, especially 2020, um, where it was like raining candy mm -hmm. every single day. And people just thought that was the norm. And yeah. you're just like, oh, God, something bad's coming. And when it comes, they're, 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 it's going to be like deer in the headlights. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where we are right now. And so... All right, let's talk quickly because we're gonna we're gonna go over to Twitter Spaces, everybody, in a few minutes, and then we're gonna put that audio onto the back end of this podcast. But because you've just started this mentorship program, be dumb, follow price. Uh, I'm really curious because you have been a coach for so many years with hockey. You were hockey coach for 15 years. I know you ran your kids' school uh, hockey team for seven. Right. What what about coaching? appeals to you what what is it that makes you just come alive with it um into the beat down follow price now coaching people I, I like helping people i like helping people be curious i like helping people raise the level of expectations they have for their self for, for themselves and for what is possible yeah, yeah it's you know it's it, you know i you take a bunch of ragtag kids and you get them excited about something and it's amazing what they can do it's like Let's see what you're capable of. Don't be afraid 
to chase your potential? What does that look like? And it, and, it, and it's, so it's just, it's, I'm a big cheerleader. <laughs> as a hockey coach, that's a lot of times, that's what I was, was a big cheerleader. Sometimes I was a big cheerleader as an asshole. And sometimes I was a big cheerleader, give them a big hug and tell them I love them. It just, it was just depends on the situation, but you're constantly trying to find ways to engage people and get them to um, expect more out of themselves and out of their lives than maybe what they've already been told. For sure. Hard truths are part of coaching. Yeah, it is. I don't think it's being an asshole. I think it's actually loving somebody enough to tell them the hard truth, caring. Well, that was kind of the motive behind that tweet was, okay, dude, somebody's somebody's feeding you a bunch of crap. So I, I gotta exactly I gotta give you the real picture. Exactly. And and, and I and I say this harshly, but it's 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 also in love because I want I want you to understand that this is what the real game is. Exactly. Exactly. We just uh, finished recording some of the podcast, but boy, it was just getting so great. I was like, oh, we have to stop and hop over to Twitter space. So I'm so glad you guys are here today. Uh, I'm really excited to get to interview uh, Tom with all of you. I do already have some really great questions from Twitter that I've collected. Uh, but then if you guys have questions you want to ask him directly, we'll probably keep that a little bit towards the end. But please stick around because he definitely said he would answer some questions. We're going to try to keep this focus on uh, mindset, not that, you, you know, I, if you can try to keep it in the sphere of mindset for him, that would be great. Uh, part of the reason I really have been, uh, you know, if, if you watch the podcast, you'll see, I, I asked, I've been really persistent trying to get Tom for over a year because I feel he's one of the few traders who talks really honestly and authentically and rawly about the difficulty of being a trader and the importance of mindset. And I think his vulnerability about how challenging it can be is rare. And I'm just so excited that, you know, he's open to this conversation. So I'm so glad you're here, Tom. Okay, Tom, you should be a speaker now. Yes. I'm here. Okay, good. I'm so glad. So I was just talking, uh, or obviously a couple minutes early, but I was talking to those already in the room about how persistent I've been at wanting to get you uh, in this conversation because of how... Uh, often you talk about the importance of mindset and I'm just so happy to have this conversation. So the conversation is going to be about mindset. Tom and I were just talking about why and how come he's so authentic about it. So maybe we'll just revisit that question now that we have people here, Tom. Sure. You know, why, why do you speak so forthrightly about how hard trading can be? Well, uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of reasons, but uh, one, because nobody else really talks about it. Um, and for me, it is, it is the crux of everything. And I believe for everyone, it's the crux of everything because ultimately it just doesn't take anybody that long to figure out how to read a chart. You get a little education. We can all read a chart. We can all see what's going on. So why is it that very few people actually can consistently make money and, and, and a very small amount can, um, and, it's because of mindset. It's because of, uh, and, and it's, and it's not as simple as, Hey, be disciplined and, and trade without emotion or control your emotions. I mean, I, as I said to you earlier, that's just complete horseshit. It's like, we all have emotions. 
All of our decisions are driven with emotions. We all lack discipline. We all fuck up. We all do stupid shit. It's like, but we have to be, instead of beating ourselves up for that, like we're the, we're the unique ones. And, and Twitter makes you feel like if you're, if you get off the rails or whatever, well, then you're just, you're just not fit to trade. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's not, that's not a, that's not a fair assessment of it at all. It's like, I'm a nut job and I figured it out. <laughs> and it's like, and so is everybody else because we're all just this basket of emotions. Yeah. And, and, and nobody's talking about the big elephant in the room. And so I wanted people to understand that, hey, the shit you're feeling, the struggles that you're having, the fact that you can't figure it out yet, all that does is make you normal. Yeah. It doesn't make you uniquely stupid. It makes you normal. And so I, you know, I guess it, it stemmed from that and just this deep empathy that I have for knowing that there's traders that are sitting there that are like rubbing their, you know, their fists and and like they can't do it and feeling like absolute losers yeah and they're and they're such better traders than they realize they just need a little bit more time because it takes time to figure within the equation of all the charting and all the shit that we see and all the different you know stimuli that comes flying at us off of the screen and through the TV and, and everything. And on Twitter, it's a nightmare because you've got 8,000 opinions flying at you and whatever, and your yeah. biases get cre- Amidst all of that, you got to somehow make clear, concise decisions. And that is just so hard. Yeah. And, and so it's, a you know, it's, it's, it, I guess for lack of a better thing, it's my love letter to the trading world to say, Hey, this, this shit you're getting told is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just wrong. And it's, but you can figure it out and, and you can use your emotions constructively and, and, and through self-analysis and becoming more self-aware and whatever, and recognizing some of those things, but don't, don't, don't destroy yourself because you know, you're not you're not making a hundred grand a year after six months of trading. That's just like nobody is. But what you except for the except for the three fuckers on 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 Twitter who are telling you every single day, and they're probably not telling us the truth either. So. Right. <laughs> uh, tell us what are the practical tools that you've developed? Because we we were talking about just a few minutes ago about you know you're I, I'm so enamored with this self awareness that you have, and I asked, did the, was this there right from the start? You said it developed over time. What what was it that you tapped into for yourself to develop that self-awareness even more and to navigate those, you know, village of idiots that you talk about? What are those practical tools you'd recommend? Well, your greatest tool is pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an awful lot of pain that's associated with the failure that you have to deal with in this business where you have to take a hardcore, honest look at yourself. And you've got to be willing to do that. A lot of people, first and foremost, are not willing to take a hard look at themselves and accept that they have certain fallacies that they don't want to admit. Pain, like, carves, you know, rules into your soul <laughs> as you examine, okay, I did it again. Okay, I did it again. Okay, I did it again. Why do I keep taking that one trigger? And then when it's not working, I won't let go of it. Why? And it has nothing to do with trading. It has everything to do with you and your life and what you bring to the table from outside in the world. You know, I could get into, you know, I, I lost, we can get into this yeah. now. Sure. I, mean, I lost $500,000 in an hour. Hmm. Um, 
late January of 2018 when XIV blew up. And I shared that story on Twitter, and then I did a podcast with uh, with the guys from uh, Alphamine, and uh, that you can go check out where I talk about it in detail. But the bottom line was, I came to the market with a desperate need because I was weak and I was wounded and I was in pain because something tragic had happened to one of my kids, mm. and I needed. You know, I, I, I kind of argued that I saw the setup and, you know, the market was really weak. And um, so XIV was dropping and dropping. And I'm like, OK, all the things that I planned out are, are in line and I'm going to take this trade. And I took that trade with about 10 times my normal size, mm. literally. And I'd had a nice January. And so I said, OK, I can. I could take a little bit of risk here. And before I knew it, I was diving in and I didn't even know what animal was controlling me, but I was diving in with more of my buying power than I, I, I care to discuss. Mm. But it had nothing to do with anything other than I was so, and I didn't recognize it for six months that that's what it was because I had to walk away and do a deep dive because I don't know about you, but a half a million bucks is an awful lot of money to lose. Yeah. And, and it shook me to my core. And scared the living daylights out of me because it made me realize, okay, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still an infant emotionally because, I, and, and I don't, I, I, I now no longer trust myself, mm. which was a really scary place to be because I, I, for the longest time I'd been so successful and I completely trusted myself. And then this happened and it just, and it just shook me. But I basically went to the market and said, I need you to make me feel better. I need you to tell me that everything is going to be okay because I'm hurting so bad because of something else that happened in, in, in my youngest son's life that, that basically broke me. Mm. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, here I am today. Anytime I talk about it, I get emotional. Yeah. Well, it's, it is emotional. And I think we're all emotional beings though, Tom, and that's why right. it's so important for us. I, I think, we're humans and human beings and we are emotional beings. And if we don't kind of have that comfort with the fact that we are human beings and that we get emotional, like I think it can be our greatest strength, but it, like you're saying, noticing that that might be what's in the driver's seat is the key. Right. It, it, and, and that's where the self-awareness has to kick in because you've got to recognize when you're coming, when you're coming into the office or you're coming into your computer and, and, and you're needing something from the market, we all do it. But when you ask the market to give you something because you need to feel better about yourself, I've, I've, I've used back in the, in the early days of Twitter, I talked about the Reaper. The Reaper wakes up and he, and he, and he smells your need. And he just starts giggling and he comes for you because yeah. that's what he feeds off of. You're just asking for an ass beating. If you come to the market with a need that, that is beyond just doing what you do. Yeah. But we all do it. Yeah. And nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the psychological shift that we have to deal with and that we bring to the table every single yeah. day. We have fights with our spouses. We have, we have arguments with our children. We have a, uh, uh, death of a friend, death of a parent, death of a family member, you know, an animal. I don't care what it is. Things, various tragedies that come into our life. And if we're traders, 
what do we do? We, we, we migrate to where we're comfortable and where are we comfortable? Right in front of the fucking screen. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm still that way. I had a heart attack a year ago and within three weeks I was trying to figure out a way to get in front of the screen. And I'm like, what in the hell am I doing? And it was because it's where I go to feel comfortable. Yeah. It's like my safe place. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's, so, so it's, it's just something that I'm passionate about. And, and, and I talk about because nobody else wants to talk about it. And, and if I can help a few people recognize that they're okay, and that the struggles that they're having are normal yeah. and guide them through that process just with some encouraging words and some affirmations to let them know that, hey, everybody deals with this shit. It's not just you. Then I, I, I feel like there's some value yeah. there. One of the questions on Twitter specifically about that blow up, the person asked us to, to ask you, what would you do differently now if you found yourself in that kind of those variables repeated what how would you navigate it differently well i, I i'd have a higher level of, of self-awareness and respect for my own natural responses to tragedy mm. um I, I guess is the best is the best answer i i you know i don't know i don't know what i would do differently other than recognize okay you're hurting like sometimes we get really arrogant we're successful like 2017 was a very good year for me, and January as a month was pretty good. So I'm kind of got this little arrogant swagger going on in the midst of all my pain. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really tuned in to myself emotionally very well, and I've got a little bit of a cushion. And before I knew it, it just sort of took it. I, I just sort of, you know, I, I went off the deep end, and it had everything to do with the fact that I I, I took my guard down. I think is a is, is is the way to the the way to describe it is you I kind of walked in and said I'm just doing what I normally do instead of recognizing okay I'm I'm struggling I'm in pain right now I'm you know staring at you know my my kid who can't play hockey anymore and and that's here with me that's know. here with me as I trade so seeing seeing right. what's and coming with you to that trading desk yeah yeah and I I didn't do yeah. it. And, and before I knew it, it came and kicked my ass. Yeah. Um, and it was a great, it was a great lesson and I haven't made that mistake. <laughs> um, but it's, um, it took me a long time to trust myself again. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to start getting comfortable actually trading. Uh, and I changed my style of trading to try and manage my way around it for a few can, years. Can we talk about your uh, trading style? Let's just talk, you know, I'm sure. Which, Let, well, let's one? talk about the one you're doing now. And one of the questions we got right. was about, of all the styles you've done, wh which is your you know favorite, the one you would pick every day of the week? The one, the, the one that I'm teaching in my yes. In let's my, talk about uh, that. In, in my, the one I'm teaching. I mean, it's just it's 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 basic can slip. It's I you know it's it's swing position trading. You know, buying great stocks that are great that are breaking out of quality bases in a healthy market. That's it. It's just that simple. And it's what I did for the entire time I was raising my mm. family. And it, it, it was, it was reasonably low stress. I didn't need to be in front of the screens all the time. I didn't need to babysit positions all the time. I, I, I just could just be oblivious because all I did was focus on price and be dumb. Followprice.com is Tom's right. current 
newsletter and video extravaganza. So guys, if you haven't signed up for it, I strongly recommend you do. It's going to be a mentorship program where he's going to be answering Q and A's. He's going to have videos. It's, it's an amazing offering and incredibly inexpensive for the 25 years of experience that Tom has for y'all. So please do look at that. So but, go ahead. But, but for me and for my long-term, um, mental health, physical health, financial health, and whatever, in my opinion, it is absolutely the best way to trade for me. Um, I shifted into day trading because it was giving me immediate positive results, and I was actually pretty darn good at it. But I was also, I kept ramping it up and kept ramping it up and kept ramping it up, and I was just layering on more and more stress. And 2020 came along, and that was a phenomenal year, and I was full of myself and whatever. And we started traveling and moving, and some people have heard the stories, all the different places that we moved, kind of trying to find our, our next place. There's just a lot of stress that was involved with all of that. And in June of 2021, I had a heart attack. I mean, I'm healthy. I take good care of myself, but I have a genetic disorder where I don't process cholesterol that well, and my arteries were, because of all the stress and whatever, from my daily trading, the way that I was doing it. Um, so that put an end to my day trading career really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I realized as I, as I, cause I didn't trade for probably six months after, after my, uh, my heart attack. Uh, other than the couple of times I tried, my wife like came after me with a baseball <laughs> bat saying, get away from the screens. <laughs> uh, and so I sort of started slowly migrating back to my, to, to my roots and to what made me good and to what gave me peace and to what I knew the best. Like I, the other side, I don't know how to teach how I was day trading. I have no clue how to mm. teach that. Uh, Cause a lot of it's feel and there's just, there's too many variables going on and it's just, it's kind of, well, well, how did you know? Well, cause I've been staring at that damn screen for 25 years and I just, you just sort of, it's just pattern recognition. Yeah. And so that that's really difficult to teach because it's just I don't know what it is that's causing me to make certain decisions. It's just not as black or white, whereas the swing trading is a little bit more black and white and there's not quite as much feel to it. There is some, but not as much. You, you talk about you uh, talk about thinking less. I've, I've seen that often. Uh, you talk and you talk about how the that and I saw a quote recently that somebody said, you know, people talk about mindfulness, but I think it's more like mindlessness. So talk about what thinking less means to you about getting on autopilot. Well, yeah, less is more um, in, in a big way in trading, especially when you're doing it this way. And it's like one of my passions is, is passion's a wrong word, but, you know, I also want to give people freedom because trading is supposed to be freedom for us. But yet we turn ourselves into slaves. We let the market own us. And and so I, I, I and that's the other reason why I don't want to teach day trading is because it's it just it owns you. And I, I want people to have a life. I want people to go and enjoy their families and I don't want them to be occupied. You know, price tells you everything that you need to know so that you don't have to get bogged down into the mundane details of everything. Like, like I know that everything is, everything is all about inflation right now and everything's all about the fled fed. And I've gotten on some spaces where people are having heavy conversations about all that. I'm like, man, do I feel dumb? I feel dumb as shit because I don't know what they're even talking about. I did not even know there was an FOMC meeting today. I did not know that Chairman Powell was talking at 11 o'clock. 
I did, you know, it's like, cause I don't pay attention to it. I'm just, you know, I kind of get a general idea of what the news flow is for the week by looking at one of those things at the beginning of the week to understand, okay, is it a heavy news week? Is it not a heavy news week? And then I don't, yeah. you know, because the only thing that matters is what the market thinks of what's going yeah. on. Yep. It's the only thing that matters. So if we raise rates, what do you think about that, Tom? I don't know. <laughs> I need to go ask exactly. what I think about it because that's the only thing. Like when, when, when Trump was dropping all of his stupid tweet bombs back in whenever that was during his presidency and whatever, and the market would gyrate, you would watch it just drop like a rock. And then all of a sudden it would just come back and you're like, OK, this doesn't matter. I don't even know what it is, but it doesn't yeah. matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is because the market says it doesn't matter. Yeah. And and people would ask me about that out in the world. And they're like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, the market says it's not a big deal. So I'm going yeah. with that. Price is the only thing that makes you money is your catchphrase, right? It's the only thing that makes you money. And so that's, you know, it's, it came out of when I was at, in a podcast with Joe Fami and we were just lamenting all these people talking about all, all the differences. We were getting questions about it and whatever. And I just said, just fuck, just fucking be dumb and follow yeah. price. And it kind of best name. Best and, name. It, and that's, that's sort of where it came from, but it's, it's really true. Like you can be too smart. Yeah. And if you think about things, like if I study companies a lot, I build bias Yeah. and bias is not good. So I would much rather just kind of blindly go, Oh, look, they're buying the shit out of that thing. Huh? I don't know what they do, but <laughs> guys with a lot of money really like it. So I'm going to hitch a ride on with whatever they're doing. <laughs> totally. And then you just, you just take a tree. Just you're, you got blinders yeah. on. You're just, I'm just, I'm just following the fact that that green bar keeps going up and that seems to be working and people keep buying it. Oh, look, they're buying it again. You know, and you just, it's, and, and then if you start to understand the way institutions buy stocks, that's how it has to happen. They buy and then they wait and then they buy and then they wait because they can't buy their position in, in one day. So that's where you get these trends from because they have to take some a month, two months, three months, six months to buy in their position. And if all of a sudden Bob Billionaire finds out that Joe Billionaire or Annie Billionaire is buying stock XYZ, they're like, well, fuck, we better go buy XYZ too. So now you got two billionaires. Exactly. Then you have three billionaires because they all go to the same clubs and they talk their same. You know, it's like you just get this herd effect wave. I mean, look what happened to Zoom Media in 2020. Once that thing started to go, it was just herd of cats. Yep. How much money can we can we pour into this thing? And it just keeps going and going and defying the odds. While wow, you got a Fed who's just walking around and handing out money on the street to all these silly billionaires saying, please go buy more. Please go buy more. So it's just. All right, so I have. And now we have kind of the reverse. No, it's all good. It's, it's all good. I. It's this. It's simplicity. It's yeah. it's like if you if you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what's going to happen next, you're going to absolutely burn your brain out, and odds are you're going to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you are wrong, you're not going to want to let go of that idea. So it's better to have no opinions, no mm -hmm. ideas. Yep. And just do what do what you see on the screen. I have. A to the best of your ability. I have another question, but I wanted to just check with the little bit of time we have left. Would you be okay if we had some mindset questions from those who are listening right now? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so 
I'm not okay, good. There. Awesome. Well, that's good. I wasn't sure if you had a heart to stop for seven minutes, so I wanted to check. Okay, no. good man, good man. So let me let me just pause and see if, if anybody has a question, just raise your hand in the Twitter space way and let me see that you do, and I'll bring you on. If you guys can focus around mindset, that would be great. Uh, so let me know, but I'll put a question until we have a volunteer. Uh, a lot of traders have been at it for years who have found even great success. Some of them are struggling. A lot of them are struggling in this market. What's your advice to the traders who have experience and understanding of what works, but are still struggling to adapt? Well, I think part of it is recognizing where you're really good and where you're not really good. Mm -hmm. um, I've, had the, I've had the benefit of going through two bear markets to know that I'm really not too good when, when, when the bear market hits. I'm not great at shorting. I think it's a different emotional mindset. I think the market behaves a lot differently. And so I'm much more careful in bear markets. And I do believe that most people are probably similar to that. There are a handful of people out there that crush bear markets that are really good. Just follow, you just stroll your stream of your Twitter feed and they'll be there telling you. Um, but, my strength, and I think a lot of other traders who do really well, they recognize what environments they're really good. And they lean in in those times. And then they recognize when that time is done. And they, and, and, and they take their chips back off the table and they put it back in their pockets and they wait. And so there's a lot of experienced traders who've had a lot of success since the bottom in 2009, because from 2009 all the way up to the beginning of 2022, we had a pretty free run without any kind of substantial correction. And now we're in one and they're trying to do the same stuff that they used to do and it's not working as well. And they're trying to figure out how to make this environment work. And sometimes you just say, okay, I can't make this environment work, so I'm just going to wait till the good environment comes back because I make enough money in the good environment that I don't need to worry about the, the weeks or the months or even the year that I don't make much money. Tom, I'm going to ask you on that point. There are those who uh, they come from the standpoint of, okay, if your style is not working now, you don't actually pause. You actually start to master other styles. Where do you stand on that perspective? I just, I, well, uh, it depends on where you are as a trader. Um, there's a, okay, there's a huge quality of life issue here too. Um, I, I think if you start drifting on your strategy and start looking for another way to trade in a different environment, I think you all of a sudden start muddling out your brain tremendously. Like when I, when, I, when I moved into day trading, it was reasonably easy. But when I shifted back out of it, the transition back out of it was much tougher because all of a sudden you're, you're, your brain's making decisions so fast and you're, you're actually just trading noise uh, when, when, you're, when you're day trading. And so getting back into trading flow is, 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 a, is, is much more of an adjustment and making those adaptations quickly, I think, is really difficult. So I'm not personally, I'm not a big fan of it. Other people might be able to do it. I know people who can play both sides of the market and whatever, and God bless them. That's great. I can't do it. So I accept that. I like the rest because when the market's good, you can grind pretty hard and you're pretty active and it can wear you out. And so, you know, right now I'm, in, I'm enjoying teaching 
and and not having to be heavily invested or on my screens right now because I know it's just not a time when I'm particularly profitable. I'll, I might be able to make a little money, but the exhaustion factor mm. to make a little bit of money isn't worth it. Yeah. You've got to be able to, I mean, your, your confidence, your positive mindset, your, your energy that exists in you is a huge component of your success. And if you're trading confidently, you can make hay in a really short period of time. Yeah. But trading an environment that is difficult and getting a bunch of paper cuts and making a little bit of gain at the great cost of your your mental energy, your emotional energy, your exhaustion, and your confidence, it's just, for me, it, it, it became very clear that it wasn't worth mm. it. So people who ask me, well, why don't you short? Yeah. Well, I do occasionally, but I, you know, for the most part, I'd rather just wait for the longs to come back again. I do great in that environment, and I, I you know, so why? You know, I, I remember two thousand nine. I just, I, I didn't do anything. I literally, I, I realized from two thousand to two thousand and three, and a couple other blips, you know, between there and the oh eight oh nine crisis, that I sucked when the market goes down. So I just, when I recognized that it was that we were in one of those situations, and the individual stocks and the tape will tell you pretty clearly that that's about to happen when it happens significantly. And so I just bought, I just back away and I wait for the dust to settle and yeah, you know, yep. go, go find something else yep. to do. Yep. Tom, what do you think right now is uh, one of the things that that concept of, you know, thinking less and, uh, irrelevance. I, I heard this great quote uh, in a book that I'm reading now where they said that, you know, the Navy SEALs are really good at what they do because they're able to focus on what's relevant in the middle of such crazy situations and not get distracted yeah. by what's irrelevant, the noise that you mentioned before. What is irrelevant right. for a trader? Well, almost everything is what I'll say. I mean, and that's the, that's the hard part that we that we struggle with because there's 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 constant stimuli and constant inputs that are being put forth that are being communicated are extremely important and maybe they are to how price reacts but the market is a forward-looking mechanism all these if you watch interviews with paul tudor jones drucken miller those guys you listen to them and they're like they you know drucken miller just had an interview where he's like i'm I love the challenge of sitting around trying to figure out what the world's going to look like in 18 months. That's what he's thinking about. And that's how he's using and, and, and deploying his money has to do with what's it going to look like in 18 months. So he's not the only one that's doing that, which means that the market is this forward looking entity. And so when news hits, a lot of times, whatever hits is already fully priced in because price has already responded to that news that they know is coming because they're always out there. They're always looking. And so I don't need to do that work. He's way smarter than me. And he's got thousands of people on his staff that are out digging out, gathering information at all times to bring back to him. So they have this proprietary intelligence bank about making decisions forward-looking about the market and about the world, and I accept that their work is good. And so I, our job is just to, from my perspective, is to understand 
how they're deploying their money by looking at the screen. And okay, I'll use China as an example. Let's talk about China for a second. Everything that the news tells you right now says that China, they're in a lockdown. They're fucking miserable. Human rights are horrible. Yes. I mean, is there anything good that comes out of it? They might be invading Taiwan. Don't buy Chinese stocks. It's terrible. Well, somebody tell me then if that's true. Why is why are all these Chinese stocks? Why is their relative strength just kicking everybody else's ass right now? Why are those stocks having stronger responses on up days and, and holding their gains? Why is LI doubled in the last 60 days? Why is Baba all of a sudden catching a bid all the time? PDD is about to break through its 200-day moving average with a nice little pattern, blah, 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 blah. The point is the market is seeing something about those stocks and about those business models that they like going forward that isn't public yet because they're catching bids and they're going up in the midst of all this crap that we're dealing with while the markets go down. It's relative strength. It's following price. It's seeing where the money is actually flowing. It doesn't matter what the news says about it. The fact is big money are buying those stocks. Okay, well, if they're buying those stocks, then I'm going to be watching those stocks because those are the ones that are going to explode when all this stuff, you know, when all the when all the crap that we're dealing with gets cleared out and we start moving back in with the trend changes again back into a bull market and they're already starting to pick it up. Why are solar stocks picking picking up the heat? You know, is inflation a problem? I don't know. But the oil stocks are all getting the shit kicked out of them now after after going on a great run. So maybe inflation's not as big a deal anymore. I don't know. You're looking at price and you're seeing what's happening sector by sector by sector by sector. And you're seeing where the money's flowing. And that's the only information that you need, in my opinion. It tells you everything you need to know. So that's I mean. So my point is, I think a lot is irrelevant and we get so caught up in how dismal this world is that we forget to recognize that at some point in time, things are going to turn around and we're going to have great innovations and great companies doing great things that are going to be growing at incredible rates of, of, of speed and, and the bull market's going to be back again. It's just not here right yeah. now. And so you wait and you look and you lurk. And price tells you where yeah. to look. If, if you guys are just tuning in, just uh, heads up. If you want to ask a question to Tom about mindset, please raise your hand. Uh, one of his uh, newest offerings is a trading education space for uh, mentorship, which is called Be Dumb, Follow Price, which is going to basically be uh, his giving you 25 years of all his wisdom. So do check that out if you haven't heard of it. Another question that I have here until I see a request come in from the people who are listening is you talk often about the importance of asking yourself after you take a trade or certain trades, what informs that trade? What is it that informs me taking that trade? Because you said most people don't really look at that. Talk more about what that, what you mean by that. Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. You, you were speaking in uh, one of your conversations and interviews about it's always important okay. to understand the, the, the motives that are underneath your trades. And if I'm thinking, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've got to be honest about why you're taking a trade. Are you taking it based purely on 
this and, and and this is it's it's we're rephrasing something that's that's that we talked about earlier but it's you've got to assess where you are mentally and are you are you just dispassionately clearly seeing the market or are you bringing other factors other motivations other drives into that trade like do you end up taking a trade that doesn't quite meet what you want, but it's damn close, but it's not exactly what you want, but God damn it, I need to put a trade on. I haven't put a trade on for four days, or I need to put a trade on because I need something to work in my life. I, you know, There's a lot of that stuff that works into our psyche and we don't even know it. And before you know it, you're like, I had somebody DM and he's like, everything I do just keeps failing. Hmm. And it's like, okay, you know, are you taking the same setups? Are you in the same environment? You know, I, you know. Sometimes those are hard for me to respond to because I don't know what to say. It's like, yeah, people, we go through that. I've had that. I've had that happen too. You have to step back, and you have to start really sorting through. Why am I struggling? Am I struggling because the market's hard? Am I struggling because I'm pressing? If I'm pressing, why am I pressing? What is it that I'm after? Is it because I've got this, you know, I, some of you guys out there may have, uh, you know, you ever get like, like, like these, these mental targets in your head. Oh, I'm at like 8,500 for the month and I just want to get to 10 grand. I'm so close. And now I'm at 9,000. I'm at 9,200. I've never had a 10 grand month before. Oh God, that'd be so sweet to have a 10 grand month. And the market's just absolutely not in an environment where your style Either, either it's too extended or whatever it is, but there's nothing there for you. But you need eight hundred more dollars to get to ten thousand for the month. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't done this, am I the only? Of course, because if you haven't, like, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been like, "Oh God, if I could just hit this number, I'm about to." I can't wait to go in and tell my wife that I just had, I just, I just hit this, I just hit this level, and before you know it. You just and, and, and now all of a sudden you, you, you puke back three grand of it. And you're like, and now the mindset is, fuck, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I fell for that trap. I just got to get my money back. I just got to get back to where I was and then I'll be fine because my regular trading had me at, at 9,200. So if I get back to 9,200, I'm fine with 9,200. And now you're still trading with a completely different motivation that has nothing to do with what's going on in the market. Exactly. exactly. And before you know it, you're down two grand for the month and you're a miserable human being to be around. And your self-talk is, well, mine's been pretty ripe sometimes, uh, but you recognize what you do and you have to, that's the stuff you have to sit down and you got to write down. You don't have to write down, well, it was this kind of day. And the, you know, but when you have these massive triggers that sets you off and sets you in a tailspin that you can't get out of because you keep rationalizing different things and different things and you're forcing trades in environments you shouldn't be forcing them in. You got to figure out why you do that shit. Yep. You got to be really honest with yourself about what, you know, for me, for me, I, I've told the story before. It's like we used to go to Sunday night dinners at my, at, at my parents' house uh, when my kids were younger and my dad, my, my brother would be there and my dad and my brother worked, my brother worked for my dad and whatever. And 
you know, I'm struggling as a trader and I'm just, you know, or I'm kind of getting there and whatever. And they're sitting around because the company's doing well and they're talking about how great things are. And they think that, you know, I just have a silly gambling habit and I don't really have a real job and stuff like this. I mean, I might as well have gone back and sat down at the desk on Monday morning and opened up my checkbook. And I'm talking literally every Monday morning. I would lose $5,000 so fast trying to show them they're not even mm. watching. Yeah. And I'm, but in my head, I'm trying to prove to them that I'm worth something and they just made me feel like shit and whatever. And I, you know, finally I had to say, I can't, I, we're not coming to dinner this week. <laughs> Why? <We're just> not. <laughs> kids, kids are busy, whatever, because I had no self control. They made me feel so silly. And I would walk into my office where I felt comfortable, where it was my kingdom, and I would sit down at my desk that I owned and I ran and this is my business and I'm going to show them and I would fucking trade like nobody's business as soon as the bell rang and before I knew it I was down five grand yeah. and it'd be like and, and it was like every single month. if you if you guys so, like this conversation I'm going to ask all of you in the room to please retweet that this is happening right now we're getting so much juicy wisdom from Tom <laughs> that I want everybody who's in this industry to get this info. So please retweet that. Ricky, my friends, Ricky Analog here is reminding me to say that because I forget. Ricky's Ricky here. Analog is here. He is in the house and he's reminding me how to properly market. So thank you, Ricky. Love Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, Love you want to you wanna come in oh. for a moment? He dug into some dumpsters and found a Tommy Knocker, Stephen King Tommy Knocker's book for me one one time and sent it to me and I'll never wow. forget it. I'm so thankful. That's amongst other things because he's he's in the book by. <laughs> um, oh, that's I wanted to ask but, you about that because you're such a fiction reader. You love fiction. You yeah, advocate I uh, fiction. I I, lo I yes, love I fiction do. as well, and I think a lot of traders think they only have to read nonfiction. Make a case. Oh, make God. a case. Please God. make a case no. for fiction and why it's so valuable. Like, stop reading trading books. You're not going to, I mean, there's a couple of them that I think are really foundational, at least to what I do. Um, and there's probably a few really good books out there. But after that, it's kind of like, come, it's why I don't want to write people. Like, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. I'm like, no fucking way am I writing another trading book. If I'm going to write anything, I'm going to write a story. It's like there's so much life that you can learn through reading novels. There's so much adventure. There's so much intrigue. And you're putting yourself in the position of the main character. And you're learning about yourself as you're reading. Because fiction is, is, is reality in another dimension. And so... You know, there's just so much that you can learn about yourself through reading because you 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 live the experience, and you're always asking, well, "What would I do in that situation? Yeah. Well, what that person did was stupid. I wouldn't do that. That's learning. You're learning about yourself through that process. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I just and plus it's an escape. You got to get away from trading. You can't just if if you're struggling in trading, reading another book's not going to yeah. fix it. Telling you that and, right. and they also say that so, fiction allows your empathy. It, it physi physiologically increases your empathy. And I am of the opinion that those traders who actually are empathetic are some of the best traders because they can imagine who's on the other side of their trade, helping them to be even right. more wise as they move forward. Well, we got Ricky finally. He's in. in. So, hey, Ricky, how you doing? Aloha. What's up, guys? How's Tom? <laughs> hey, bud. Uh, yeah, I I wanted to clarify. I guess I I 
made a comment the other day about like I can't wait to hear this uh, this talk because it's going to be like Ernest goes to a therapist and <laughs> Kim's like is that a is that a, a dig at Tom I was like no I, I mean maybe it's just tipping at our hand at how old we might be a lot of younger guys probably have no idea who Ernest is but um, <laughs> I didn't mean anything by it so if if, if you read into it I was, Tom I apologize I was super offended if you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dude, yeah, well, I, I didn't. I don't like to refer to Kim we as a therapist either. But <laughs> well, so Ricky, just you know, I think Ricky and I have gotten to know each other over these years, and Ricky too is a trader that talks a lot about the importance of mindset. Tom, um, you know, Ricky, what what if anything do you want to just talk about with that concept of mindset and why you also like? It's clear that like we've got people here who care about mindset, but what what do you think makes it so rare, Ricky, that that Tom is one of the few that is so you know honest and authentic and vulnerable about it? Uh, that's a good question, Tom. Why are you that way? <laughs> I already answered that. Damn it! Don't make me say it again. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I think Tom maybe. Uh, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, my guess is Tom probably talked about it at one point and just realized how much, how many people resonated with it and was like, yeah, yeah dude, like that's the real shit. And you know, if other people don't want to talk about it, then go ahead and be that uh, ambassador for that message. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it was a separator for me as I was getting my feet wet with Twitter and whatever, I, you know, it, it, I, I recognize that there's just this huge void, this huge hole in something that is very near and dear to my heart. And, yeah, trade setups. Everybody's giving those out. Great, you you found another winner. Good for you. <laughs> like, thanks for showing us after the fact. Um, yeah. But it, it, but it's like it's it's such a it's such a desert, and so many people need to hear that this is the real game. What goes on between your ears and from your head to your heart is the real game of trading. After the first year, year and a half, you know everything you need to know. You you just you know everything, and now it becomes a game of how do you how do you get your head and your heart connected with the screens and be able to think clearly with all the different baggage and shit that you have in your life and in your character how do you take all of that and make effective decisions based on what you already know how to do um and that's really it's always been the challenge for me and in my opinion it's the challenge for just about everybody if they're really honest with it it's you know, if you're still looking for something that works, there's plenty of people out there that are showing you what works. So, and I don't know whether they can execute it or they can't execute it, but they can show you what works. Yeah. Um, it's 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 the it's the mindset, it's the emotional set, it's the it's the self awareness that is what separates, and it's it's just so not talked about and. Every time I bring it, would bring it up in Twitter, I would just get this overwhelming response from people, and it made me realize, okay, this is a this is a community that's desperate to hear that yes, this job is hard, and yes, the struggles are normal, and yes, the fact that you get angry when you trade, and that you revenge trade, or you or you, or you chase trades after the entry, or you don't you don't take stops when you're supposed to take stops, and you double down when you're not supposed to take when you're not supposed to double down, and you're only supposed to add to a winner, and all that bullshit that you break all those rules 
it's normal. It's 100% normal. And every trader who's even successful does the same fucking stuff. It's just that they've figured out how to overcome that stuff. It's not that they don't do it. And that's a message that just doesn't get out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have another question coming in now from Erica. I'm so glad you were here, Ricky. Thank you so much hey, for coming in. Real quick, I'm yeah. just going to tell Tom thanks for uh, everything he does for the community. He's a, a gem. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to stop by and say hi, but I'm going to drop down the listener. Um, and then thanks, uh, brother. Definitely, thanks, brother. I'll, I'll definitely stick around and listen to the rest of the thank, talk. Thank you, Ricky, right. so much. Yeah. Thanks, Ricky. Take care, guys. See you, bud. Erica, it's all you. What is your question for Tom about mindset? And Hi. please let us know if anybody else wants to raise their hand to hey, spread the word. I Hi, just, Erica. Hi, I just hopped in here a little bit ago, but this is one of my favorite topics to discuss. So I don't know if this has been brought up yet, and if it has, I apologize. But um, one of the things that I've noticed is trading makes us learn quite a bit about ourselves, uh, our worst habits. And if you could maybe elaborate on how, like, I feel like once we realize that, first of all, it's hard to realize it. And then secondly, how hard it is to know how to fix those aspects and, you know, turn it into something that can be used as your advantage or, or that you at least know how to identify it to keep yourself out of more trouble. Sure. Um, that's a great point and a great question. Um, I, the, the word that comes to my mind when I'm listening to you is acceptance. There is, a, there, is a, there is a vulnerability and an openness you have to have with yourself to accept the very worst part of yourself. Because trading is like a mirror that's going to show you all of, your, all of the dysfunction that you actually don't on a regular basis think that you have. And it's going to communicate stuff to you that you're going to either be you're going to you're going to reject it because you don't want to know that about yourself. But then you're going to continue to struggle as a trader. So the, the, the challenge becomes. When it gets put on the table that you've got a situation here, you've got an issue here, you've got you've got a, a whatever it is. That is being reflected to you by the market. You have to take that in. And you have to be very careful not to be judgmental with it. When I used to, the first, as I started to become self-aware about all this stuff, the first thing I did because I was, you know, raised in such a, a lovely Protestant home is, is that, man, I just judged the shit out of it. And I, I was honest with myself about it, that I accepted it, but I accepted it and also carried shame about it and, and judgment about it and guilt about it. And I should be better. I should be better. You, it's not until you get to the point where you say, okay, I'm, I'm this guy and I have these ticks and I have these triggers and I have to be honest about what those are with myself. I'm insanely competitive, unhealthily competitive with my father. I love my father dearly. And I also want to punch him sometimes. Um, and it's, it's, it's been an ongoing battle ever since I was born and I'm 56 years old and I still battle it today. Um, and I know that about myself and yet I love him dearly, but, but I have this mechanism of, I'm still trying to prove myself to my daddy at 56 years old. And I know that. So that's something that I have to accept. I'm trying to change it. 
but I'm not criticizing myself for it. I'm not. So you judging. try to, so you Go try ahead. to just kind of observe it, is what you're yeah. saying, rather than okay. And by observing it, by, you know, I, I, I've had tweets or podcasts or whatever. I've talked about the village of idiots that live in your head. Um, and you have to literally every single day that you walk into the training room, you have to take all of those idiots out of your head and stick them up on like they're like they're little, you know, bobblehead dolls right up there on your on your on your trading desk. And you and you stare at them and you greet them and you, you welcome them and you say, OK, how are you know? We all have to kind of figure out a way to get along today to make some good decisions. You know, FOMO and overcompetitiveness and, you know, silent anger and all those all those different things that you carry with you that are drivers of decisions at a subconscious level. So observing it is the very first thing you have to do. Um, observe, accept you know, I can use the term grace and forgiveness that you have to have for yourself. And, and then when you see one of them rearing their ugly head, you're at least a little bit more in tune with it by acknowledging that it's a, it's, it's a part of you. So I don't know if that helps or not, but it's, it's, that's, that's kind of how I've, how I've been able to progress because I've, and, and, and so I work hard at not letting those, those certain triggers fire on me. Or if I know that they are fire on firing on me, I just don't walk into the office that day. I'm okay not trading for a day. I'm okay not trading for a week. Yeah, and I see that. I, I think that that's something that a lot of us run into is that that second part is, you know, first it's being able to observe it and understand what your triggers are or where you, where you know you're going to get yourself into trouble. And then that second part of having the discipline of saying, okay, that my trigger is here, walk away. And um, my, my second question was going to be then, do you have any um, like pre-trading sort of routines that you do to kind of make sure that you're in the right mind mindset? Any reminders to uh, that you keep there to be like, okay, this is where, you know, if you are going to start to get in trouble, get up and walk away. Because sometimes we'll have like the, you know, the angel and the devil on our shoulder. Yes. And uh I like I like big bright reminders in front of me sometimes. <laughs> the biggest thing that I, the biggest thing that I feel that I quickly am now able to recognize is when I feel impulsive. Um, and sometimes I don't know what's driving it. I, I only figure it out later. But when I feel that impulsiveness, like like I know I'm not supposed to take this trade for 15 minutes. I, I want to wait for 15 minutes to let it open, and it just starts ripping. And it's like, nope, I got to get on it. I got to get on it. And I just kind of violate because I impulsively want. I want to be in that trade and that's the one that I identified. And so I'm fucking taking that trade, even though, even though it's taken off without me. When I start seeing myself like front running my own rules because I'm desperate to be in that trade because I have an attachment to it. That's when I know I'm, that's, that's a quick alert for me nowadays. Uh, and I recognize that really fast. And sometimes I'll just flat exit the trade. And it may go on to be a monster winner. And I'm at the point now where I don't care anymore. I just recognize that I was acting impulsively and I got to wait. And, you know, you know, sometimes when I wake up late, which happens as you get a little older, sometimes um, is when it creeps up because I, I my brain's just kind of in a hurry to, to, to gather my senses about because I do most of my work at night to figure out kind of what my plan is for the, for the following day, depending on what happened overnight and, Etc. And if I'm a little late to the uh, 
to the desk um, and things start flying and bells start going off and, and I start making quick decisions. That's when that's for me, that's a, that's a quick trigger that I'm not ready to trade yet. Tom, thank you. This has been unbelievably great. I can't thank you enough. Remember, guys, that we got 30 minutes of Tom in a podcast interview, and this is going to be the end of that interview, and that should post next week once we get it edited, and I'll announce that. Uh, I hope that you might let me, you know, talk you into doing this again one point in the future. Sure. Uh, it was just These are fun. so fantastic to just have you share just how you navigated for yourself mindset. BeDumbFellowPrice.com is Tom's new offering. Guys, check it out. Tom, you completely rock. Thank you for being so honest with everybody. You're such a contribution to this Thanks community. Thanks for having me. Thank I, you. I, uh... I appreciate it. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I love I love talking about the mindset part of the game. I'm so glad. So. I'm so glad. An honor to meet you. Have a beautiful rest of the day. And uh, hopefully you. we'll see you again here. Aloha for now. Thank you for participating. This was great. All right. Aloha. Bye. This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. You can download Kim's free ebook, Discipline and Finding Your Edge, at TraderDiscipline.com. And learn more about working with Kim and her team at TheWallStreetCoach.com. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.